Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for november 3rd 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue inside my mother's basement thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings wherever you may be and we got to get the party started right, man. Thomas Franco with a $100 super chat. Hey, JD, I figured I would start the party going tonight. We all appreciate your work, especially lately. Have a drink on me, Thomas Franco. You're getting another round of applause. Oh, my goodness. Thomas Franco, thank you so much, brother. Really appreciate you being here. I'm going to need more than just one drink after the fucking dynamite we got on Wednesday night, man. Holy shit. Tony Khan's favorite website, man, cagematch.net. Or whatever the fuck it's called. 
They ranked Dynamite. This is where he usually goes, by the way. This cage match website Tony Khan usually visits to make himself feel better. They rate the shows. Fans, diehards, marks, geeks, virgins, no-lifers, people that have not touched grass in years, people that have uh, not seen sun in months. They rate shows. And they ranked Dynamite the fourth lowest Dynamite in the history of AEW Dynamite. I mean... (laughs) It goes without saying, man, the show was shit. The show was garbage, and I am uh, not the only one that thought so. And I, apparently, am on Tony Khan's payroll, so if I said it was bad, and then they thought it was bad, I wonder what Tony Khan's going to do to fix that on Wednesday next week. But we're not here to talk about AEW. I'm sure I'll talk about AEW over the weekend, Sure, me and my guy Andrew Baydala will be talking about AEW on Tuesday when we go live for episode 21 of TNT, Tuesday Night Titans. But tonight, we are talking about Friday Night SmackDown. Not really all that exciting of a show. Uh, There really isn't much happening on SmackDown nowadays. It is very paint by the numbers. You guys know this. If you don't agree with me, I don't really care. It is very paint by the numbers. It is very boring. It is very bland. There's nothing screaming about SmackDown that says, ah, watch me, watch me, must see. We don't have any of that happening on Friday night. And I hope it's nothing more than just the crown jewel lull. I hope that we pick up the pace. I hope we pick up the intensity going into Survivor Series. We should. We should. And I'm hoping that's the case. It was a decent show tonight. I'm not, uh, I'm not telling you guys it was a bad show by any stretch. Uh, it's, it's just there. Just two hours of mindless wrestling on a Friday night because most of the crew's over in Saudi Arabia already getting ready for tomorrow afternoon Crown Jewel at 1 p.m. We did have a couple of things happen on tonight's show, and they were very good. Roman Reigns and LA Knight had a very good opening segment. They sold their match pretty decently. You know, a lot of people are saying that Roman cooked L.A. night. I mean, he wasn't bad. He was a a little bit more energetic than he was last week during the contract signing. I'll tell you that right now. By the way, this show tonight was taped. This was a taped show. So last week, wherever they were, they got four hours of SmackDown. So a taped show, I don't usually like taped shows because they do nothing but pipe in the fucking fake crowd noise. Throughout the entire two hours of the show, as you clearly see the fans just sitting there waiting for the show to be over so they could go home. So this was a tape show, as I said, because most of the crew had to fly out to Saudi Arabia. So obviously this was not going to be a live show tonight like it usually is. But Roman Reigns, a lot of people said Roman Reigns cooked LA Knight. I don't really think he cooked. I don't think he cooked. He was a little bit more energetic than he was last week with the contract signing. But LA Knight... He didn't waver. He didn't back down. He didn't stutter. He met Roman Reigns head on, face to face. He held his own very well. And I honestly think that they both cooked. I honestly think that they both cooked. So they did uh, a great job tonight, both of them. And and yes, someone in the chat said Roman Reigns refuses to say L.A. Knight's name. I did pick that up. Yes. Yes. So we'll go over what they said. I thought it was a very good uh, sell job 
for the Crown Jewel main event tomorrow afternoon for the heavyweight championship, the Universal Heavyweight Championship, Roman Reigns and LA Knight. Now, I'll tell you who did cook. I'll tell you who fucking cooked. And he served that motherfucker up on a silver platter and the crowd ate it up, man. John Cena cooked tonight. Guy had no voice. I don't know what happened last week. We didn't really, you know, get a a, a glimpse of his voice last week, but he came out. Voice was horse as shit. He cut a promo that was very, it was like a dagger right through the heart, man. Very quick, very, it was as quick as anything. And he cut Solo down, man. He cooked. He absolutely cooked Solo tonight. And I thought that was a very good sell job for their their match tomorrow uh, afternoon at Crown Jewel. And you guys are fucking blowing me away, man. Holy shit. <laughs> GM Bolin with a $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. He says, went from one of the best dynamites ever to one of the worst dynamites ever. Also, it's crazy how most of Vikingo's commander's offense is pointless. Penta made them look like amateurs. I don't know why I watch Rampage besides... Scooby Blue, oh yeah, cheers to the ace that runs the place, yeah, thank you MGM Ballin, another round of applause for MGM Ballin, absolutely man, thank you guys very much for being here, really appreciate you, when the audience is very slim on Friday night because nobody's watching pro wrestling you guys come in big, no doubt about it, man. And I did watch that uh, that match between Vikingo and Commander's Offense. You know, I, I did get a glimpse of that. I did get a glimpse of that match on Rampage. I mean, I Tony Khan was bragging about that fucking match all week. And, I, I mean, it's just the same fucking shit. It really is. It's just the same the same garbage that we usually see. Uh, I, I don't know. That, that's what gets his fucking rocks off. That's what makes his fucking uh, his uh, pants a little uh, difficult to get on. Not not my style. Not really my cup of tea. But uh, everybody's got their own fucking uh, flavor of pro wrestling. Whatever it is. But MGM Ballin and Thomas Franco, thank you guys very much for all of your support. Like I said, John Cena he cooked Solo Sokoa tonight. We'll go over what happened there. Bailey and Bianca Belair, they had a very good main event. Really, it wasn't for anything. It was basically to get Bianca Belair a win before she goes and challenges EO Sky for the SmackDown Women's Championship or the uh, Women's World Championship, whatever the fuck they're calling it, WWE Women's Championship. Can't even keep up with the fucking title changes and the different titles that WWE has. But she got a big win over Bailey. Very good match. They work very good together. Bailey had uh, damage control banned from ringside because Nick Aldis, the new SmackDown GM, said, uh, no, you're not going to have any fuckery tonight. And this is going to be a one-on-one match because I want to see a clear-cut winner. And that's exactly what we got. And then the tag team match, pretty deadly. 
Gotta give the boys credit, man. Not a big fan of the tag team, but uh, that Donnybrook match with the Brawling Brutes. Butch, let me at him, Scoob. Butch and Ridge Holland. That was a very entertaining match. Those Donnybrook matches are usually very good. And uh, pretty deadly, man. Showed you guys what they are made of when they are pushed against the wall, really. It's not all uh, fun and games and uh, whatever the fuck else they do. Uh, They went in there and they fought. And they had a decent match with the Brawling Brutes. So we'll go over that as well. Again, decent SmackDown. Wasn't particularly bad, but nothing particularly important happened on Friday Night SmackDown. So we will go over all that. I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. And uh, I know you guys have requested it. You guys are crazy, man. You know, I love that you love Dr. Disrespect. I love that you love Dr. Disrespect. I mean, for the love of fucking Christ, I got a a mouse pad. Here, look at my fucking mouse pad. I got a fucking Doc mouse pad. I love Doc. Doc is one of my influences. Doc is one of my inspirations. But, man, oh, man, when Red Skies is played, you know it's a bad show. You can't ask for Red Skies every fucking show. You can't. Stop. I'll give you guys Red Skies now, man, as we get in with the uh, bullshit. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. It's the best place to keep up to date on what's happening with the channel, man. Twitter is the best place to do that. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. I would really appreciate you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got uh, 1,100 in here for Friday night. Rather low, but uh, SmackDown has been trending low, man. I don't know what's going on Friday night. You guys don't like SmackDown anymore. Hit that thumbs up, man. I'd love if we can get at least tonight's goal, 750 likes for tonight's goal, man. Let's do it. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content. Content this week has been rocking and rolling, man. Jesse and I did Dynamite on Wednesday, man. We got 2,300 people live. I knew it was going to be a big night, man. The show was awful. Go check that out. I did an extra yesterday. We're at 20,000 views on that. Excellence. Thank you guys for showing up to that one. Go check that out. I'll be live tomorrow afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. After Crown Jewel is over, we'll have the Crown Jewel post show right here on Off the Script, right here inside my mother's basement. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to hanging out with you guys tomorrow night. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. As always, memberships. Always accepting VIPs. If you want to become a VIP, man, do it. Hit that join button down below. Become a channel member right here on OTS. And I want to thank you guys for once again bringing the podcast to the top 50. We broke into number 45, I believe, on the iTunes charts with the podcast because you guys are great. I know there was a little uh, discrepancy with the audio version of the podcast. So if you guys are listening to this on a Spotify or an iTunes and you don't really catch up with the live streams, I appreciate you guys greatly, man. If you if you can, 
leave a rating on Spotify, leave a rating on iTunes. It helps out the channel on there tremendously, helps out the podcast on those platforms tremendously. There was a problem with the last week of uploads. I was in transition from leaving one platform to the other, man. Blue Wire fucked me over. So I'm no longer with Blue Wire Podcast. Blue Wire Podcast got rid of all of their wrestling content creators except for Chris Van Vliet. They left me in a huge hole. I was making some decent money with them. They cut me. They cut Don Tony. They cut a bunch of people for no reason. They didn't even give us a reason why. So fuck them. Then I joined another platform and the communication with them was fucking horrendous. So now... I'm with somebody else, and I'm trying to get my uh, my shit back in order, and things are starting to slowly come back to where they need to. So if you guys have been asking for the podcast on Spotify and iTunes, every major audio platform now has the podcast. So go and listen. You guys are going to get this show immediately after it's over on Spotify and iTunes and all other major audio platforms. So I appreciate your patience, and I thank you guys very much for supporting me on the audio And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. We're back with Manscaped all November long for... What do you got? What are you uh, cool kids calling November, man? No nut November? Fucking ridiculous. Stop watching porn. You fucking degenerates. Manscaped. Tonight's sponsor for the podcast, Manscaped.com. You guys are going to use code SCRIPT20 at checkout because you're going to get yourself the new Platinum Package 5.0 Ultra. And that code SCRIPT20 is going to get you 20% off and free shipping no matter what. Go get yours today. We'll talk about Manscaped a little bit later on in the show right here on Off The Script. Horn rots your brain, bro. Stop watching it. Seriously. I know you guys. Fucking ridiculous. Anyway, let's get into SmackDown, man. You know, Icon, you know, not everybody here has a lady, bro. Yeah, you may have a woman. Maybe you're watching the show together. Hello, Mrs. Icon. But some of the people here don't have a woman. What are they going to do? Don't watch it. Rot your brain. Rot your brain. Moving on. Smackdown. I'm fucking sound like Andrew Tate now. Jesus fucking Christ. Huff. L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight. They were in Milwaukee. Milwaukee was subjected to two back-to-back episodes of Smackdown. I do not envy... The Milwaukee crowd, man. I probably would have left after the first show, but that's just me. Now, last week, we got a contract signing with L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns. So I thought that was pretty decent. L.A. Knight stood on his own. He sat at the head of the table during a contract signing, and he did what he had to do against Roman Reigns. It was good. It wasn't the best. It was good. Roman really didn't say much of anything. This week, Roman said more than he did last week, and I really enjoyed that. So L.A. Knight was out there first. He kind of reveled in the crowd, sharing his name and being excited for L.A. Knight. The crowd tonight 
obviously sitting on their hands, not doing much of anything, no real reaction from the audience. WWE piped in a whole bunch of fake crowd noise tonight. For LA Knight, they were, they were excited because LA Knight right now, I don't know if you guys know, he's the number one merchandise seller in all of WWE. Again, for the month of November or October, probably going to be for the month of November as well. LA Knight's out there, let me talk to you, he says. He said, 1,200 days as champion is impressive. He talked about how quick it can be that those, th- that those 1,200 days come to an end. He talked about how he dropped reins with a BFT last week. He then said it was going to be a hostile takeover because Knight is coming to take everything Reigns stands for. It will be the end of Roman's reign. Yeah! That's what he said. As soon as he said that, out comes Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. Took their sweet time getting out there. So we got the two in the ring, soaking it up. And Reigns says, this irrelevant town knows who L.A. Knight is, but I can't say the same thing about L.A. Knight. He doesn't know who L.A. Knight is. He says he's going to introduce himself to L.A. Knight one time only. I'm Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the head of the table, and the face of WWE. He says he took his leave and expected someone to step up while he was gone. I just didn't expect it to be you. He gave Knight credit for getting the fans on his side. It's not easy in this day and age. He told fans to chant L.A. Knight's name, chant this man's name. That's all you seem to do. The crowd did it on command, and Reigns said he sent the business forward, but L.A. Knight is pushing the business back. Roman said what he does is cinema. Heyman in the background yells, and you are the star, my tribal chief. Reigns said he's the megastar. I turned this business into a multi-billion dollar industry. He then asked LA Knight what he's done the last few months. He said fans chant LA Knight's name. They chant your name, and then you cosplay as a redneck version of my cousin meaning The Rock. He told him to enjoy his moment on the island of relevancy, but tomorrow I'm going to smash you. And when we're done, we're going to leave you in the desert, but don't worry, you're not going to be the last one. Pretty direct words from the tribal chief. L.A. Knight said he must feel unbeatable. He says he's beaten just about everybody who stood in front of him, but he doesn't understand that he isn't coming at him from the same angle as everyone else. He says he's not there to finish something. I'm here to start something. Yeah. I'm here to start the L.A. Knight era. He said Roman made himself into a megastar only because he holds that title, whereas he is the megastar every single day. L.A. Knight said he doesn't do warning shots, so we better be prepared. He said the only bloodline that will be visible will be running down his nose between his eyes 
as fans chant L.A. Knight. All of a sudden, both Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight begin shoving each other. Nick Aldis is right there to oversee this. Several referees are in there stepping in between them. Reigns left the ring, but yelled back at Paul Heyman about L.A. Knight saying what he said. You know, a lot of people going into tomorrow night are expecting L.A. Knight to lose. I don't want to say a lot of people. I think everybody is expecting L.A. Knight to lose tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. How he loses is going to be the big situation. WWE's got a difficult job on getting L.A. Knight into Saudi Arabia, into that match, having him lose because we know he's not taking the title. Roman Reigns is not losing the championship before WrestleMania. I mean... If you think that, if you think the outcome is L.A. Knight winning the title tomorrow, you may be as dumb as I think most of the IWC is on a daily basis. The problem is, how do we get L.A. Knight to lose predictably and then keep his momentum hot going into Survivor Series? I don't know. WWE has done... The same song and dance with Roman Reigns over and over and over again. Solo Sokoa, Jimmy Uso, cause of distraction, referees down. All of a sudden we get one of them with a super kick or a Samoan spike. When the referee's out, the referee comes back, counts the one, two, three after a Roman Reigns spear, and that's it. WWE cannot do the same ending with the bloodline interfering in Roman Reigns' match, helping him win and retain the title. What does that do? What does that accomplish? It doesn't really accomplish anything. People are going to be more upset about that than anything tomorrow, even though the outcome is predictable. So how do we get there? WWE needs to do one thing and one thing only, and that is keep LA Knight hot, at the same time, build towards Survivor Series. That's what they need to do. That's what this outcome tomorrow night between Roman Reigns and LA Knight needs to accomplish. How do we keep LA Knight hot and how do we build towards Survivor Series at the same time? I don't know. I don't know how we do that. But WWE has done how many weeks of the Judgment Day on Friday Night SmackDown interfering in bloodline business, whether they're making deals with Paul Heyman, whether they're having Paul Heyman call Roman Reigns and he's making deals via the telephone, or they're on SmackDown teaming with bloodline against other baby faces on SmackDown. I don't know what we do, but the bloodline and the, and the Judgment Day deals and their partnership, their business needs to interject itself into tomorrow's main event, which causes L.A. Knight to lose to Roman Reigns. If we see the bloodline, then it's the same shit. But at least with Judgment Day, you get them involved. You have the Judgment Day and their business help Roman beat L.A. Knight, and then L.A. Knight is looking for revenge. He's got buddies that are looking for the same thing to get revenge on not only the bloodline, but the Judgment Day as well. And then you build towards Survivor Series. 
But if we see the same outcome with the bloodline interfering, Solo and Jimmy get involved, LA Knight loses, what does that accomplish there? Because I already question that this match shouldn't really be happening right now. And I still believe that. LA Knight is hot. I get why they want to do it. I know why they're doing what they're doing. This is all a test. WWE put LA Knight in a test against The Miz, believe it or not. He passed the test with flying colors. They put him in there with John Cena to team with John Cena. Passed that test with flying colors. He got the endorsement from John Cena. Now he's getting the endorsement from Roman Reigns. He stood back-to-back weeks against Roman Reigns, face-to-face, promo-to-promo, and he stood as an equal to Roman Reigns. That is the biggest test of all, and he passed the test with flying colors. WWE is looking at LA Knight right now as a made man. Not going to be the champion, but he's a made man. And he's going to be at the top of the card, or at least near the top of the card on Friday night because of what they've done with him up until this point. But that does not mean he deserves a championship match. Because you got to hold on to that momentum for as long as you can. And in pro wrestling today, where fans are very fickle, and fans will drop you at the, at the fucking... In the slightest, they'll drop you as quick as anything nowadays. LA Knight's momentum, LA Knight's heat could be here tomorrow, and then next week it'll be gone. We don't really know when that's going to happen, and WWE cannot risk that. Putting him in a match against Roman Reigns could deteriorate that very, very quickly. You don't want that to happen. And I also said he's challenging for the world championship If they book it correctly, how they do that, I don't know. But if they book it correctly and keep his momentum hot, it's not going to be a problem. But the way I look at it, the guy's challenging for the world championship, the biggest prize in the business. He loses. He's not winning the title. What does he do after that? He's already reached the pinnacle of the mountain. He's already reached the highest point he can on, on SmackDown. Where does he go from there? Nowhere but down. Sort of building him up slowly, maybe starting him off with a mid-card, secondary title, and then building him up next year for a world championship when Roman Reigns is not the champion. And maybe we split the championships. I don't know. So what is he going to do after he loses to Roman? He's going to go after the United States Championship. That's my prediction. LA Knight versus Logan Paul. It's my prediction for WrestleMania. So he challenged for the world title in November and then wins the United States Championship in April. It's kind of doing it backwards. I don't really agree with that. So WWE's priority here is getting LA Knight into Saudi tomorrow, losing, and keeping his momentum hot. And at the same time, building towards Survivor Series. Because if there is a War Games match, and we see logic come into play, the Bloodline and the Judgment Day will be as one in War Games. And on the babyface side, LA Knight will be a part of that, with Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso and Sami Zayn and Randy Orton, potentially. That's what I'm looking at for the war games. Let me know what you guys think. So we'll see what happens, man. If Triple H is as good as we think he is, it's going to be very interesting to see how he books this match tomorrow night for the World Championship, Roman Reigns and LA Knight. But I thought this was a very effective segment. I thought this was... A test, and LA Knight passed it. He looked like an equal to Roman Reigns. I don't really agree with people on social media that told me on my post, oh, Roman cooked LA Knight. No, he didn't. No, he did not. If you think Roman cooked LA Knight, LA Knight was in 
the other fucking room cooking the same fucking thing that Roman Reigns was, and it tasted just the same. Roman's meal didn't taste better than LA Knight's meal. They both cooked at the same time tonight. I just thought LA Knight looked better because it's easy for us to say Roman is cooking everybody because it's Roman Reigns. But LA Knight being put in that situation for the first time, standing toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns and looking the part and feeling the part and looking his equal, I'm going with LA Knight because nobody expected him to be there. It's easy to go with Roman. Roman's great. He thrives in those roles. That's why I went with LA Knight. Always going for the underdog. Moving on. Kevin Owens, he made his ring entrance. He's going one-on-one with Austin Theory. Kevin Owens is back on SmackDown. Don't really know where the direction is for KO on Friday night. Now, Sammy is still involved with the Judgment Day. Sammy is still befriending Jey Uso. Kevin Owens got moved over to SmackDown via a trade because Cody used his political pull to get Jey Uso on Raw and somebody had to go over to SmackDown. I think that worked out pretty well for Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens, it's not really going to show the value of Kevin Owens on SmackDown just yet. I think 2024 is then is when SmackDown's going to reap the benefits of this trade. Because if Cody wins the world championship, like I expect him to at WrestleMania from Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens turning heel on Cody Rhodes could be a great feud for Cody Rhodes for the world championship. But right now, he's in the middle of nothing. Right now, he's feuding with Grayson Waller. Right now, he's feuding with Austin Theory. Not really all that exciting. Kevin Owens came out. He's got a new Titantron. He's got this brick wall graphic where uh, a wrecking ball comes in and destroys his name on the big screen. Nice little uh, new addition to Kevin Owens' Titantron entrance. This was a decent match. They didn't really get enough time. Seven minutes or so they got here on Friday night. And Austin Theory was interviewed backstage. He said he's used to taking hits and said he was someone that had a confident face and a face that everybody wants to see, not a face that is punchable like Kevin Owens thinks. Theory said Kevin Owens has a face only a mother can love. He then made a comment about how Owens has a face where he would have to wear a mask on Halloween. But joke's on you, bro. Halloween already happened. Seven minutes, Kevin Owens wins. Grayson Waller was on commentary. Not much can happen in a seven-minute match. You give these guys double that, I'm sure they'll have a great match. I I think Austin Theory's the future. I think he's very good at what he does. KO, we know how good KO is. So we got a commercial break, but right before the break, uh, we had uh, Theory. He went for a punch on Owens. Owens caught him only to punch Theory and clothesline Theory over the top rope to the outside. Owens went to the outside with a clothesline and took Theory out to the floor. We got a commercial break. So Owens, back from break, he slammed Theory on top of the commentary table. He started yelling at Grayson Waller, who was sitting next to the commentary team. Theory took advantage of that and ran Owens into the ring post. We go back into the ring. Theory chop blocked Owens. He then lifted Owens. Owens fought out of it. He tried for a stunner, but Theory pushed Owens away, landed a rolling blockbuster, and he got a near fall off the blockbuster. Theory stomped on Owens and worked him over with some punches. Owens goes to the second rope. 
Owens hits a, a big-time suplex, followed it up with a pop-up powerbomb, hit the stunner, and that was basically it. One, two, three, and Austin Theory loses to Kevin Owens, and Waller was looking at Kevin Owens from the commentary table. It's basically it. Not much more than that. So Owens is going to run through these guys, and then what? Then what's going to happen? Where does Kevin Owens go from here? I think Grayson Waller and Austin Theory have a, a very good makeup, man. I think they're a very good tag team. I'd like to see them get involved if WWE at any point from this point on split the tag team titles and we get tag team titles back on SmackDown. I, I wish the brands would merge the division. I, I, I've been saying this for years. WWE can have one hell of a tag team division if they just do what I've been saying since 2016. But if they don't, I would love to see Austin Theory and Grayson Waller as a tag team on Friday Night SmackDown for a little bit. I think them working together is probably best for both of them right now. They're so young, so why not? I think they'd be a great tag team. I think they'd be great champions if you want to go out there and make some... uh, Make some stars. Start building their star through the tag team division as champions. I think that'd be great. But Kevin Owens wins here. Don't really know where Kevin Owens goes after he gets rid of Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. Kathy Kelly. She was backstage with Bianca Belair. And Bianca didn't really get any time as she began talking. Bailey and Eosky attacked her. All this... And other officials broke up this brawl pretty quickly. So now you know why Nick Aldis did not want damage control outside during their match in the main event. So that was a nice setup for what happened later on in the show. Logan Paul. He's wrestling Rey Mysterio tomorrow afternoon for the United States Championship. I fully expect Logan Paul to become the new WWE United States Champion. Backstage, he was walking down the hallway and he came upon Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. Logan Paul told the Profits that he'll dish out more punishment to Rey Mysterio at Crown Jewel. So all of a sudden, when Logan Paul walks away, he shakes everybody's hand. B-Fab from... Do I have the, uh, do I have the, uh, Shiro? Listen, Jesse, I know we're in the basement, brother, but what, what is with the echo here, man? Jesus fucking Christ. What happened, man? I haven't been here that long this season. Why is there an echo? Do it again? Okay. Try it again, you say. I'm telling you, man, if I get another echo, I'm going to have to dump you. I'm going to have to dump you, man. I'll send you right back to Scott Demore, you fucking clown. Okay. One, two, three. She Listen, bro, listen, stay in the impact zone. I don't even want to see you anymore, okay? Yeah, you heard me. You you fucking heard me, clown. I'm tired of your shit, really. 
I don't even know why I come yeah, here. Yeah, I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. Fucking clown. Anyway. Yes, B-Fab. From Hit Row. Can we even call them Shit Row anymore? Are they even Shit Row? How can they be Shit Row without Top Dollar, Bottom Dollar, Dollar Tree, Dollar General? How, how can they be Shit Row without uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Dollar, AJ Francis? I don't know. So she says she wants to talk to Bobby Lashley. He says, interesting. Come this way. Let's have a chat. So people are looking at this and saying, oh, I think B-Fab joining the new Hurt Business would be a great thing. This is interesting. B-Fab? B-Fab. That's not the woman. That's not the female that we want to see in this new Hurt Business. If you ain't giving me Bianca Belair in this new Hurt Business, then what are we doing? Everybody's going to be saying the same thing. Guarantee it. If you got B-Fab in there interested in joining this this new group, everybody's going to be like, well, what about Bianca Belair? They wanted to add a female, but Bianca and Montez, a married couple, that probably makes a little bit more sense. And we all know that Bianca Belair as a babyface is stale as fucking two-month-old milk. She is. I don't really want to hear it from anybody. Bianca as a babyface has grown stale. Joining the Hurt Business and becoming a little bit more angry and a little bit more intense and a little bit more of a character change, I think that is much needed for Bianca Bella, not B-Fab. But we don't know where that is going to go with B-Fab. For all we know, she's not joining the group. But she clearly wants to talk about something. Maybe it's to get her involved. Maybe it's to bring B-Fab and Ashante Adonis into this new group because they got nothing. They got nothing going on. Hit Rose dead. So we'll see what happens. Shotzi. Shotzi decided that she wanted to team with Charlotte Flair, the android. Against Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. I don't really understand what we're doing with the Women's Tag Team Championships. I don't. What exactly are we doing? WWE has absolutely no story with the Women's Tag Team titles. There's no value in the Women's Tag Team titles. The champions seemingly lose every single week. They add no credibility to those titles whatsoever. There aren't really any tag teams in WWE, in the women's division. There's two teams. There's Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, who WWE seems to be showcasing through vignettes and little backstage segments. And then you got Katana Chance and Caden Carter, who I think should be the tag team champions. Don't know what the fuck we're waiting for. Don't know why they've been suppressed and held back on the show. Hopefully that changes with Triple H and Shards. But what are we doing with Piper Niven and Chelsea Green? Are, are they even worth our time anymore? I mean, WWE clearly has the titles on them, but they want us to believe that they are champions. 
Meanwhile, I don't think they've won a match. Has Chelsea Green won a fucking match this year? Every time I see her, she's getting pinned. Every time I see her, she's in a comedic segment. She just comes off like a fucking loser. I don't get it. I don't know what they want to turn Chelsea Green into. I don't know what they want to do with Chelsea Green. Piper Niven's only there because they got nothing else for her to do. Charlotte and Shotzi win in three minutes over the women's tag team champions. Now, Shotzi didn't really get much offense in this thing. It was all Charlotte. I think that's probably for the best. Shotzi is not good. But here she is winning a match with Charlotte as her tag team partner. So Chelsea tagged in. Shotzi was, I would say, on the defensive here. Green was working over Shotzi with some big boots. Niven tagged back in. Shotzi worked her way to the corner, got the hot tag to Charlotte, who hit a crossbody on both Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. Charlotte had a series of chops on both women. She then landed a suplex on Chelsea, and then on Niven, Green got a blind tag, only to run into a big boot from Charlotte, and that was basically enough to get the victory. So, no figure eight. Nothing special about the ending at all. Charlotte wins with a big boot. No natural selection, no figure eight. A big fucking boot to Chelsea Green. If that doesn't tell you what WWE thinks of this tag team and these titles, I don't know what else to tell you. But what exactly are we doing here? Shotzi now teamed with Charlotte, And Charlotte got the victory over the tag team champions. I would not be shocked being that Charlotte is not involved in the women's championship situation yet. That WWE is going to put yet another championship on Charlotte. That's not the women's singles title. Get a championship on her. Have her put that on, on her resume. And... WWE and Charlotte live happily ever after because Charlotte, God forbid, Charlotte's walking around without a fucking title. I don't give a shit who you are. Charlotte is not going to make the tag team championship if it does come to that. She's not going to make the tag team championships any more relevant than they are now. She's not. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. So I guarantee you that's where it's going. And I have absolutely zero interest in anything tag team title related in that women's division. Solo Sokoa. He's out there with Paul Heyman. Heyman is in the ring. He's very animated, very angry. He began by saying, it's the end of days for John Cena. Heyman says it wasn't the way he wanted this to be. Heyman said it's not his fault, though. And nobody should blame Roman Reigns. Heyman said Cena picked a fight with the bloodline. What did you expect was going to happen? There was no other way they would let Cena get away with it. Heyman then noted how Reigns turned to the soldier and the assassin of the bloodline, which is Solo Sokoa. Heyman suggested that Solo could someday be the tribal chief, and Cena will be a victim of Sokoa. All of a sudden, Solo whispered something to Paul Heyman, 
and calmly took the microphone for himself. Oh, my goodness, man. You guys are fucking crazy tonight, man. Oh, my goodness. Furious Nation with a $100 super chat. How's it going, JD? Decent smackdown tonight. CJ would be newsworthy tomorrow. Also, you and Jesse killed it two nights ago on your Dynamite review. Very entertaining. I like Dynamite, but Dynamite wasn't that great on Wednesday. And thank you for giving them tough Love. Oh, my goodness. Angel Alaga joining the party with a $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Gentlemen. Thank you very much for all of your support this evening. I love the fucking energy in the venue tonight, man. You guys are kicking ass tonight. So Solo calmly took the microphone from Paul Heyman. Sokoa asked Heyman why he would waste his breath talking to this crowd. Sokoa said they weren't here to talk to them. And he points to the Milwaukee crowd. I'm here to talk to Cena face to face. Cena's music then hit and Cena made his entrance. He's out there and he's in the ring with Solo Sokoa. And Sokoa says he's mad. He has to wait until tomorrow night to fight you. He's got to wait till tomorrow to fight Cena. And this makes him mad. Sokoa says he got orders from Roman Reigns. And that order was to give Cena a microphone to be able to say goodbye to the fans while he still could. Sokoa said after the Crown Jewel match with John Cena, Cena won't be able to talk to the fans. Solo then gave Cena the microphone, and Cena looked a little shocked. Like, you're handing me the microphone, and there's nothing behind this. You're not going to spike me or anything. Cena said, that's it. Cena asked Solo if he knew who he was in the ring with. Cena said, everyone has been waiting for Solo to talk for a year, and that's all you bring to the table? Cena's voice was very hoarse and very raspy at this time. I don't know what happened. Maybe he was dealing with an illness. Maybe he got strep throat. Maybe he's got bronchitis. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Maybe he just lost his voice. Maybe he lost his voice. Don't know. Cena says he's going to say goodbye, but not to you, but I'm going to say goodbye for them. Cena said the only person, the only reason, Solo, the only reason why Solo got a job in WWE is because of Roman Reigns, his cousin. Cena then called Solo a bargain basement Taz ripoff. Cena told Solo to tape his thumb extra tight because it's going up his ass tomorrow. That's my 90 seconds. And he threw his microphone down. Now, you guys, like I said in the beginning, you thought Roman Reigns cooked LA Knight. 
I thought John Cena, John Cena, he had that attitude, man. Oh, my goodness, man. Oh, my goodness. Fucking crazy, man. You guys are unbelievable. Jason Barker with a $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Hey, don't forget me. The Barker bomb is lurking in the shadows looking for a victim like Randy Orton ready to strike. O-T-S for life. Brother Jason Barker, thank you so very much, man. Oh, my goodness. John Cena definitely cooked. Tonight. And John Cena almost felt like he brought back a little bit of that thugonomics, John Cena. So I thought that was great. I thought this was a very good segment. Now, the only question is, does John Cena win or does John Cena lose tomorrow night? It really doesn't make sense for John Cena to win. John Cena's bulletproof. And John Cena, if there's one person in WWE who knows what needs to be done and knows how to cultivate the future... He's talked about this many, many times before. John Cena is going to do the job and put Solo over. It needs to happen. It needs to be done. Cena, I don't know when he retires. I don't know how he retires. I don't know who his final opponent's going to be. I don't know what the story's going to be there. John Cena was recently interviewed. I'll pull it up at some point over the weekend. I'll probably pull it up for tomorrow's Crown Jewel post. But John Cena said, you know, it's going to be up to WWE to basically figure out how I'm going to end my career. And that's the best thing about WWE. There's so many different things to still do, even at 47 years old. Win the Intercontinental Championship, win number 17, win another Royal Rumble. There's a couple of things still left for him to do. He's never won the Intercontinental Championship. There, there is still value in having John Cena on the show in some way if he's able to do it. So, Cena winning tomorrow doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Putting Solo Sokoa over in Saudi Arabia makes sense. But the one thing that I do wonder is, I know we're not going to get the LA Knight title victory. Does WWE give John Cena his first singles victory in over 2,000 days as... That is the reason that they have a happy moment for the Saudi Arabia crowd. Because they know LA Knight's not going to win the championship tomorrow. I don't know. I really don't know. So we'll figure it out, man. Solo and John Cena. I'm not really expecting much from the match tomorrow. I expect it to be, you know, paint by the numbers, very formulaic stuff from John Cena. I expect it to be very reminiscent of a house show match tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. I could see John Cena selling a lot. This is exactly how it's going to go. John Cena is going to get some early offense. They're going to go back and forth for a little bit. Solo's going to dominate for, for the majority of the match. Cena's going to sell his ass off. It's going to come back and at the five moves of doom, get everybody to pop for the big uh, comeback. And then Solo's going to spike him into the mat. One, two, three, and that's it. It's going to be a very house show match tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. But I thought this was great. I thought Solo speaking held some weight there. It was the first time we heard him legitimately say more than one word. And John Cena felt like he had a little thug thugonomics in him tonight against Solo Sokoa. Damage control was shown backstage. Bailey said Bianca Belair has never learned her lesson. 
Bailey teased that EO versus Bailey at Crown Jewel will be the match, but said it was a joke. There's a lot more to that than meets the eye. Nick Aldis came in and said that damage control will be banned from ringside for the Bailey and Bianca Belair match. So EO Sky is there and she says, oh, you got it, you got it. Go out there and win the match on your own. You can handle it. You don't need us. And Bailey versus Bianca was set for the main event and she will be out there all by herself. Guys, I hope you are enjoying the show tonight. You guys are great. We got 1,500 in here live. And you guys, man, I'm loving the energy. I'm loving the energy so much that I am going to go upstairs. I'm going to get myself a cold beverage. I'll meet you guys up there. Man, you guys have been awesome tonight. You really have been awesome. And I really appreciate you stopping by the stream tonight, man. I'm telling you, I know you guys love the show, but what would be even better is if you guys pull up a chair, order a cold beverage at the bar, and sit VIP with me here on the show. Become a channel member. Continue to get those super chats in, man. It's the best way to support the show and show me that you're loving the content on the channel. I mean, what other show in the community is doing the type of shit that we're doing, man? What other show in the community has this type of fucking beautiful backdrop? The music, the sounds, the ambiance. What other show in the community is this fucking classy? Nobody. We're the only ones doing this type of shit, man. Really. So make sure you guys pull up a chair, order a cold beverage, become a VIP, sit down here with all of the rest of our VIPs, and become a channel member on Off The Script. We're going to continue the SmackDown post show. I'm going to go back upstairs, man. I'm going to order one of those uh, Tony Khan Cola Old Fashions on the menu, man. It's probably the best thing that has Tony Khan's name attached to it this week because... He's, uh, he's getting scrutinized on social media, man. I love it, man. I love all of the hate that Tony Khan is getting on social media because he needs to learn some tough love, man. But I'm going to order myself an old-fashioned, and I'll meet you guys back upstairs.
Super Chat this evening. You guys are unbelievable. Hey, JD, longtime fan. Been watching you since my days in high school, which was around 2017. I'm very disappointed in AEW. AEW got me back into wrestling when I fell out of love with pro wrestling. AEW needs to hit the reset button fast. Oh, my goodness, man. You guys are great. Platinum, Matt, I appreciate you being here. All my VIPs, man, I appreciate you guys being here. You guys are, I'm loving the energy tonight. I'm loving the energy tonight. Thank you guys very much for all of your support. Do I sound all right? Did we fix the, uh, last time I went upstairs, man, Jesse with the fucking echo, man. Last time I went upstairs to go order a drink, I came back downstairs, there was this weird fucking echo. Hopefully everything is fixed. Pretty deadly. It's Kit Wilson and Elton Prince. Two on two here against the Brawling Brutes. This was a Donnie Brook rules match tonight. This was a good brawl, man. I really, I really enjoyed this match. I'm not a big fan of Pretty Deadly. I think the act is rather lame, in my honest opinion. I, I do think that it is, uh, it's cringy at times. I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. But here we are. But I said on social media, man, you know, the feud with the Brawling Brutes is nothing more than a holdover feud. It's for the now. It doesn't really mean much of anything. It's not going to propel them anywhere. There's nothing on the line. But a match like this, this is a nice blow off. And a match like this is going to get them a little bit more respect in front of a live audience. If you didn't really care about Pretty Deadly, if you didn't really know who Pretty Deadly was, a match like this is really going to kind of let you know who they are. Oh, really? these guys, they're pretty guys. You know, they're a little cringy, but when they got their backs against the wall, they can go out there and fight. That's exactly what was accomplished here tonight, man. This was a no DQ match, Texas Tornado Rules. This is WWE's uh, Donnie Brook to play into the whole uh, brawling brutes vibe. And this was a good brawl. Really good brawl. I think this moves pretty deadly up in the respect category. So the Brutes, they actually jumped pretty deadly right in the aisleway during their entrance, which was pretty cool. You know, they got that whole slow motion entrance. Ridge Holland attacked right at the start, and it spilled right into the ring. And then Butch and Holland right out of the gate hit stereo 10 beats on both pretty deadly guys. Butch then takes a pair of shillelaghs, And the Brutes worked over both Kit Wilson and Elton Prince with the shillelaghs. Prince was leaning over on a bar that was set up at ringside. And Butch went for his uh, joint manipulation spot. But Prince turned that into a suplex. Pretty deadly took control. We got a commercial break. So we go into the ring, back from commercial. Pretty deadly was working over Ridge Holland with some kicks. They got... The shillelaghs now, they both went to hit Holland with the shillelaghs, but Holland caught them and threw them over the top rope to get rid of them. Butch came back into the picture and landed a moonsault from the top rope onto everybody, including Ridge. Prince hit a tornado DDT on Butch, while Holland slammed Wilson onto a garage can for a close two count. Holland then worked a Boston Crab, 
And I don't know why he worked the Boston Crab in this match when it's a fucking street fight. It's the first thing I thought of. You're working a submission move like a Boston Crab in a fucking Texas tornado match. Kind of silly. It looked weird. Prince went for the save. Butch worked an ankle lock on Elton Prince. Prince and Wilson locked hands. They fired up. Prince kicked Butch away and hit Holland's back with a bar stool. Imagine that. Pretty deadly followed up with a double team move. Butch made the save on the pin attempt off the double team. Butch then chopped the hell out of Kit Wilson. Prince got back at Butch with a big elbow. Prince went for the second rope, but Holland cut him off and slammed Elton Prince. Holland then lifted Wilson, and Wilson counted that into a modified face buster. Butch is making a baby face comeback now. He's firing up. Wilson stopped his momentum with a clothesline. All four guys were down. Wilson was going for something, but Butch cut him off with another joint manipulation spot. Prince brought back a shillelagh into the ring and hit Butch with it. Prince went to the top, but Holland cut Prince off and powerbombed Prince through a table on the outside. Inside the ring, Butch landed a big boot to Wilson's head. Holland grabbed the table from underneath the ring and the Brutes set it up inside the ring. Wilson rolled away from them, went to the outside. He then ran Holland into a keg on the outside. Butch and Wilson were on the second rope. Prince showed up with a glass beer bottle and slammed it on Butch's head. Glass everywhere. Pretty deadly then hit their finisher on Butch through the table that Holland set up, and they got the one, two, three. And pretty deadly win a very fun brawl. The Donnybrook goes in favor of pretty deadly. Fun match. Fun match. This should ultimately end the feud. I feel like pretty deadly's been feuding with the brawling brutes ever since they got called up. I mean, this has been going on for fucking months now. You know, where's the rest of the roster? We've been seeing these two teams go at it seemingly fucking all year, and nothing's really come of it. Really, let's try something new. Hopefully this moves pretty deadly up the tag team ladder, and we get some more uh, diversity on the show, maybe them feuding with somebody else. Sheamus hopefully will come back soon and we can get the Brawling Brutes at full strength again. Right now, I just feel the Brawling Brutes are in this limbo and there's really nothing we can do about that. But the pretty deadly guys get the win. Fun match. And I think that this kind of made people, I would say, open up a little bit more about pretty deadly. Nick Aldis, he was backstage. He ran into Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman told Aldis, to have a lot of medical personnel on hand at Crown Jewel because this is the most savage version of Roman Reigns that anyone will ever see. I doubt that. I doubt that very much against LA Knight. Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul, they had a weigh-in. This was mindless waste of time television. I don't know why WWE tends to think that, you know, weigh-ins or arm wrestling contests are something that we need on WWE television. Rey Mysterio is 160 fucking pounds. He weighed in at 175. He was fully clothed. He had his sneakers on. Give me a break. Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio having a weigh-in makes zero sense in a pro wrestling realm. What are we doing? 
I mean, if you gave these guys, you know, a, a backstage vignette split screen to talk about why Logan Paul wants the United States Championship, I would have rather seen that. But a weigh-in? Did Logan Paul even tell us why he wants the United States Championship? Why he's targeting Rey Mysterio? No, what the fuck is a weigh-in going to do? This type of segment does not fit into the pro wrestling realm. It doesn't. And I'll die on that fucking hill. I don't want to see weigh-ins. I don't want to see arm wrestling contests. This is a very Vince thing to do. A waste of my time. Nick Aldis was there. He introduced both competitors. This was a segment that was not taped for the live audience. I think this was actually taped somewhere else. They had paparazzi and cameras going off. They were up on a stage. Logan Paul weighed in first at 213 pounds. They had what looked to be piped-in camera sounds. Cameras going off everywhere. You fucking break. Mysterio weighed in at 175 pounds. Logan Paul and Rey Mysterio then started talking trash at each other like this is some UFC fucking weigh-in. Mysterio took a microphone and then slapped Logan Paul. Now, Nick Aldis says he didn't want any physicality, but Rey Mysterio clearly didn't give a shit. Logan Paul came back and punched Rey Mysterio, who then took the microphone and hit uh, Rey Mysterio. And the segment came to a close with both of these guys being pulled apart by Nick Aldis and other officials there on stage. How did this sell the United States Championship? Seriously. Now, I said this once, I'm going to say it again. Logan Paul is going to win the United States Championship. I think that's best for business for the United States Championship. Logan Paul's not going to win a major world title in WWE. Giving him the United States Championship is going to do very good for the United States title. He'll be all over his podcast with that thing. He'll be boxing with that thing. Whatever the case may be. They're going to have Logan Paul carry that thing around until L.A. Knight targets him and wrestles him at WrestleMania and takes that title away from Logan Paul in what I think will be the most important United States Championship match in WWE history. L.A. Knight versus Logan Paul. They planted the seeds going into money in the bank, and then we're going to get our cash in on that at WrestleMania. It's going to be great. But that's where I see them going with the United States Championship. This segment, though, Fucking ridiculous. It's so stupid. Weigh-ins do not work in pro wrestling. Stop it. Bianca Belair. She's in the main event with Bailey. Nothing on the line here. Nothing but momentum, pal. These two work very well together. They work very well together. I'm not going to lie. Bianca Belair works very well with Bailey. Bailey works very well with Bianca Belair. Bailey is so good, man. I love Bailey. I do. We don't really get to see Bailey work in singles matches like this a lot anymore. Once upon a time, Bailey was at the top of women's wrestling. She's so good. And when WWE lets her go out there and do what she needs to do, she's fucking great. So it was a nice treat. To see Bailey work a singles match in a main event that actually had some substance to it. And clearly, Bianca has the match with EO at Crown Jewel. 
you know, the outcome was a little predictable, even though Nick Aldis, you know, told damage control they can't go to ringside and all this other jazz. It still ended up working out pretty decently. And Bianca Belair clearly got the victory here because momentum, she's got the title match against EO, so she wasn't going to lose this thing. But that doesn't take away from the performances. I think both ladies worked very well here tonight in the main event. But Bailey, man, I don't know what they do with Bailey. I don't know how we get Bailey back to being, you know, a staple in the division. I, I feel like Bailey is nothing more than a fucking background player. And that's kind of sad to see. She's one of the horsewomen. Charlotte's clearly doing more than Bailey. Bianca is now, you know, a priority. Becky is always going to get pushed at or near the top. Bailey hasn't really done much of anything. Yeah, she's leading damage control, but what what, what has that amounted to? Nothing. Yeah, damage control has the WWE Women's Championship on SmackDown, but what does that really mean? I feel like Bailey, Bailey's more like a gatekeeper for the fucking division. She's like the Miz for the women's division. They all got to go through Bailey. Once you pass the Bailey test, you're good to go. She's worth more than that. I mean, she's still in her prime. Hopefully, WWE gets her back on track. Maybe when we split Bailey from damage control, maybe she goes babyface. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But both women put on a good match. We'll pick it up after the commercial break. Bailey was in control. Hit an elbow from the apron onto Belair at ringside. We go back into the ring. Bailey went for a cover. Belair immediately kicked out. Bailey worked a chin lock to slow the match down. Belair fought back, hit a backbreaker. She then fired up, hit Bailey with a series of punches. Belair planted Bailey for a two count off a big move. Bailey goes to the top. Belair hit a, I thought was a scary looking superplex. I thought she was going to drop Bailey right straight down on her head. She barely got Bailey over the top for the superplex, but she got her over. She goes for cover, gets a two count. Belair went for another moonsault. She did a moonsault earlier and hit it. She goes for another moonsault, but Bailey moved and dragged Belair outside by her ponytail, which then came into play a little bit later. Bailey rammed Belair into the ring post. She then rolls Bianca back into the ring. She hits an elbow drop from the top rope, got a near fall. Bailey went to the outside, cleared off the commentary table, had some words from Michael Cole. Bailey lifted Belair up for a powerbomb, but Belair fought out of it, and Bailey ran herself into the ring post. Belair then comes back, set up a dive onto the outside, hits it, rolled Bailey back into the ring. She went for the KOD, but Bailey rolled out and into a pinfall attempt. Belair kicked out. All of a sudden, Bianca whipped Bailey with a vicious shot with her ponytail right to the midsection. Belair then goes for the KOD, one, two, three, and that was basically it. Bianca Belair gets the win clean over Bailey after the match. Belair KOD'd Bailey through the commentary table and momentum, pal. She's got the momentum going into Crown Jewel tomorrow afternoon against EO Sky. Bianca slimmed down. She doesn't have as much muscle as before. I don't know. She looked fine to me. I mean, you you guys thought you guys think that Bianca Belair slimmed down on muscle? I mean, she looks fine to me. 
I don't know. That's a, a very keen observation there, one that I did not see. And I, I'll have to watch that tomorrow when she wrestles Io. But again, man, SmackDown was there. SmackDown was just there. It wasn't a bad show. We had some decent segments, man. LA Night, Roman Reigns, very good segment to open the show. John Cena, Solo Sokoa, very good segment. Sell their match. The Donnybrook match was fun. Bailey Bianca was very good. I mean, it is what it is, man. It's set up Crown Jewel. I'm just glad Crown Jewel is over. Tomorrow it'll be over. Then we can start worrying about Survivor Series. That's what I'm really here for. That's what I'm really interested in. How Triple H builds towards Survivor Series. How that card's flushed out. And how War Games is set up. That's what I'm really here for. Thank you guys very much for all of your support, man. We are going to get into the Super Chats in just a second. And we're going to sit down with our cold beverages, man. I got mine. Hopefully you guys got yours. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Become a family member right here on Off The Script. We are here nightly. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you name it. We're here. Thumbs up, man. We need less than 100 likes for 750. That's the goal. So if you guys can hit that thumbs up and get us to the goal of 750, I would really appreciate it. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. Some great content up there if you guys did not get caught up yet. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. You're going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save 20% off and free shipping. Guys, the holidays are going to be here before you know it, man. You're going to need to get something really, really nice, something really special for that special man in your life, man. Whether you're looking for your grandfather, whether you're shopping for your boyfriend or husband, your brother. Manscaped has got you covered, man, with the Platinum Package 5.0 Ultra. Packed with tools, trimmers, and all the formulations your body could ever ask for. This is their new luxury full-body grooming kit and has everything you need to stay on top of your manly rituals. You guys are going to get the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra Groin and Body Hair Trimmer. You guys are going to get the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. You guys are going to get the Crop Preserver and Crop Soother. You're going to get the 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner Refined Scents. Body wash, the body buffer, and the deodorant scent. They got their own deodorant too, man. That body buffer is my favorite thing in the whole set. I'm telling you right now, the body wash and the body buffer are my favorite things in the whole set. I use them daily. Love it. Plus, you're going to get two free gifts. You're going to get the travel bag, the shed travel bag 2.0, which is a $40 value, and a pair of boxers. The Boxer 2.0 Midnight Bravos. Value of $35. Free. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Get that trimmer. I'm telling you right now. It is fucking awesome. You can take it in the shower. It's waterproof. You can get it a little wet. And the battery, man. 
That battery is fucking beast. Holds a charge for up to 60 minutes on a full charge. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. I thank you guys for all the energy tonight, man. I love you. Really, you guys have kicked ass with these Super Chats. Michelle with a two. For a twist, what if KO opposed Cody's team at Survivor Series? No. Not at all. Ali with 15 months in the OTS venue. Thank you, Ali. I'm just so ready for Survivor Series. Crown Jewel will be a good PLE. Now we just need the build for Survivor Series to begin. Absolutely. Jason Barker with a $5 super chat. What's up, my peeps? Where my peeps at, y'all? Main event with a $5 super chat. The reason why Impact ain't Watched because it's on Access TV. Get a TV deal, then they can try to run with the big dogs, Jesse. You can sell tacos there, lol. As far as I'm concerned, Impact may be the new alternative, man. AEW is looking less and less like the alternative day by day. Also, main event with a $2 super chat. Get Jeff Jarrett's band away from Jay Lethal, please. I can't stand Jeff Jarrett. Get him off TV, period. Mason Shiapoo with a new membership. Mason, thank you so very much, brother. Thank you for becoming a member right here on OTS. What the fuck are you drinking, Mason? Thomas, again, brother, thank you so much for the $100 super chat. Jason Barker with a $5 super chat. This man, con man, 167 subs. Most of them are bought. Compared pretty deadly to Edge and Christian tonight. What a non-comparison that is. Well, con man's a fucking idiot. What do you expect from somebody that bots his YouTube account? What do you expect from somebody that goes to a wrestling show and rather talk about how many people are in attendance instead of enjoying the show himself? Pretty deadly will never be Edge and Christian. It's like me comparing Bud Light to fucking one of my fancy craft beers. Ridiculous. It's like me comparing old school 80s Metallica to fucking Avenged Sevenfold. Give me a break. Mike NY with 18 months. Thank you, brother. What the fuck are you drinking for 18 months, Mike NY? Hope Crown Jewels, a good pay-per-view. Seen a cook solo tonight. MGM Ballin. Thank you, brother. For the $100 Super Chat, Blurred the Nerd with a $5 Super Chat. Remember, Cena got hit with the spike and sold losing his voice because of it. Oh, is that what happened? And John Cena's a fucking master of his craft, huh? Paul stated that he would lose his voice forever because of Solo. Interesting. I thought he was just sick. Sir Manny with a $10 Super Chat. I may not always be in the chat, but know I always watch. Whether it 
is me lurking or on the replay, but I always try to support. Sir Manny, thank you, brother. Hunters Hybrid Media with a $2 super chat. Hit that like button, says Hunters. Yeah, I agree. Hit that thumbs up. Lauren with a $2 super chat. Hey, I was shocked when Flair debuted in AEW. You? Lauren, you got to watch the AEW Dynamite post shows. Also, with two more Super Chats, she says, Punk Orton returning for Survivor Series. Cena was on fire tonight. Bianca needs a heel turn. Uh, I would go with Orton over Punk. Sue with a $10 Super Chat. JD, I've been out sick, but I've been watching you. I'll keep supporting you for life, so drink up. I'm drinking Armless Palmer. I love that. And it's freaking great. You keep telling the truth because you are the best. OTS for life. Thank you, Sue. And get well, Sue. Furious Nation with a $100 Super Chat. Angel Alaga with a $100 Super Chat. Thank you, gentlemen, very much for the VIP treatment tonight. Matthew with a new membership. Matthew, what the fuck are you drinking, Matthew? Amy Van Tassel says, I like your style on the live show. Thank you. Amy Van Tassel's a VIP. Joseph Taylor with a $4 super chat. John Cena had to use AEW to get a reaction. I'm sure that'll be in the dirt sheets. John Cena mentions AEW wrestler on SmackDown. Jason Barker and Platinum Matt with the 100 bombs. Thank you, gentlemen. Always appreciate you being here on the podcast tonight. Furious Nation with a $5 super chat. Also, Big Show and Ric Flair in AEW in 2023. Who asked for this man? Shaking my head. I don't know. I don't know who asked for it. I don't even know why I come. Yeah, here. I don't know. I don't know why I come here either with fucking Ric Flair and, and Big Show on TV, man. I, the first thing you said that made sense all night. Anyway, appreciate you guys as always, man. Thank you for the energy tonight, man. You guys made my night as always. It's been a rough week. You made my Friday. You made my weekend already. And I'll see you guys tomorrow for Crown Jewel. Live. We're closing up the venue, Jesse. I'm going to be back here tomorrow early, man. It's going to be happy hour. This fucking guy. I'll be live tomorrow night, guys, with the Crown Jewel. Or tomorrow afternoon, around 4, 4.30, depending on how long the show goes. But we'll be live on YouTube with the Crown Jewel post show right here on OTS. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We need 65 likes. Can we get 65 likes for 750, man? That's the goal. Again, thank you guys for the super chats. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it with more coming this weekend. 
Manscaped.com. Code script 20, man. Do yourself a favor and go check the website, man. There's some great deals over there. And use that promo code SCRIPT20 at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. And follow me on social media, guys, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Again, guys, thank you for a great stream. I will see you back tomorrow afternoon for the Crown Jewel Post Show right here on Off the Script. We'll see you guys tomorrow.